to take a moment. How many of you were here last week for uh, some of the Todd Bentley weekend? Like you caught at least one of the sessions. Awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, I was reading through some of my notes, and I love how Todd was talking about you're just one thought away from the presence of the Lord. I've just been, you know, that, that, that's one where it's like, I don't need to think about that. I just need to do that, right? <laughs> like, I don't need to ponder that one. I just spend time pondering the Lord. <laughs> I love those short little snippets that get you right into the presence of the Lord. And, uh, well, I just want to say uh, it is a real privilege to be here this morning. Our senior leader, Jim Baker, is down at Pickerington, our other campus, uh, preaching this morning. He'll be back next weekend. Uh, next weekend is Christmas Eve. If you guys don't look at your calendars that much, it is Christmas Eve, and we have a Christmas Eve service that's just our normal service time. So sometimes people think Christmas Eve service, they come in the evening. We've had, you, does that make sense? It's in the morning. So if you come in the evening next week, you will have amazing quiet time with Jesus. And maybe some of you need to do that, I don't know. But, but it's Christmas Eve, it's 10 a.m., it's actually a really special service. You want to be here on time because it's only going to be an hour. Some of you are like, liar. <laughs> it's, it, it's going to be a, a, a really special service. Our kids are, have been preparing for this for weeks they have this whole thing they're going to be doing up here. You just want to be here right on time because we're going to start it right at 10. Jim is even only going to talk for 10 minutes. Mary extended it to 15 because she knows him well. Uh, but, but it's going to be an abbreviated service, but you want to be a part of it. It's going to be really powerful. We're really looking forward to it. So that's next Sunday, Christmas Eve at 10 a.m. Um, and I just want to kind of, you know, this time of year, I just want to kind of highlight and maybe underline a little bit of what um, Safe Families is. And the director came and actually spoke to us a number of weeks ago about it, and there's an interest meeting right after service in the basement down here, and most people don't know we have a basement. It's where we keep the kids, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, the Safe Families is, 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 I mean, it is a kingdom-minded ministry. I just want you guys to know that. They probably won't say that a lot in their promotions, but we've, we've talked with these guys. I mean, they love the Lord. Like, they love Jesus. They're, they're really, really about the kingdom-mindedness of, you know, a family. If, if, a, if a single mom of two or three kids is in the hospital, uh, you know, and she, she doesn't have anyone to watch her kids, let's say, and a social service worker might be there and recognize that this is an unsafe environment, for these kids to be in because you're not fit to care for them right now? Did you know like social services can come and actually intervene that situation and begin a process of actually removing kids from, from a mom? Because that, that's their job. They have to have eyes for that. They're not like, social services isn't like, <laughs> like the enemy here. But there, there's, there, there's a precedent for kids to be taken away from maybe a struggling parent not because they're a bad parent, they just don't have lots of resources, or they might not have relationships to have someone watch their kids for two or three days while they're in the hospital. Does this make sense? And he told us this example of how, of how social services will actually come in, and they'll begin to actually put their children in the foster care system. Even though they could be a great parent, but they might be going through something where they need help. So Safe Families is, is, is this organization that's filling in that gap where rather than put kids in a foster system, they're an organization that, 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 that connects, that builds host families, being some of us in the room who are interested, and that person will get a call saying, hey, we have a, we have a, a, a six-year-old girl, and her mom's going through something right now. 
Would you be willing to, to host this girl and we're going to connect you to the mom? We're going to connect the parents, the biological parents and, and, and safe family foster parent or connected together so it's an easy transition for that child to ultimately go back to the family. The whole point is that that child goes back to mom and dad when they're in a, a right place. So I just want to kind of color that in in case that wasn't communicated well or in case you're still unsure. Safe families is an answer to prayer for a lot of reasons for what we're getting involved in as a, as a church in the city. And so see Jen afterwards. Uh, definitely be a part of it. Hear more about it. it it's just an amazing time, uh, an amazing ministry, and an amazing time to be a part of that ministry. And so uh, I want to kind of start off also by just talking about how, I don't know if some of you guys know this about me. Some of you know my story, but I grew up in Philadelphia, um, and uh, I haven't always been an Ohioan, but uh, I've lived in Ohio now for about 17, 18 years. But I grew up in Philadelphia, and some of you do know my story. You know, I, I grew up uh, uh, in, a, in sort of some difficult circumstances and times, and um, I was raised by a single mom and, uh, for most of my childhood, and uh, she worked a lot. And uh, this time of year was always something that was really special and near and dear to her because she, her love language is gift-giving. And so this was like a really important time for her with me and my, my, uh, my, my, other, my siblings. But she would work a lot, and um, uh, we were on, uh, you know, welfare and uh, food stamps. And this time of year was always kind of bittersweet for her because she would love to do it, get excited, but, but resources were really limited. And so, uh, you know, I, I just, I know what that's like to be in, a, in that situation, in that family. And... Um, you know, we, we do this every year here at Zion. You know, if you are a struggling mom, if you're a single mom or dad, a single parent, and you have kids under 16 or 17 years old, could you do me a favor? Could you just stand up right now? We're here to celebrate you. Or nothing will come of this other than some celebration. I know it takes vulnerability. So those, those standing right now, so these are single moms, and you have, you have kids under 16, 17 years old living in the home. Is that right? All right, well, what, what we're going to do is this. Single moms, I want you to just keep standing. And those around them right now, you know, we're going to do an, on, an in the moment, an impromptu offering for them. And we're not going to bring plates around. I want you to take out your wallets. And I want you to just ask the Lord, please keep standing, guys, because we want to celebrate, celebrate what God's doing in your family and your lives. But we also want to help. And so if that's you, you know, I, I, I want you, those of you sitting right now, just ask the Lord. You know, maybe there's, some, there's a dollar amount he gives you. If you're like, oh, no, I only have a checkbook, you know, you can just ask them their name and write them a check afterwards. If you're like, oh, no, I don't have any cash, there are ATMs. There's like a dozen within a half a mile of this building right after church today. You can go to that ATM, you can make arrangements and come back and give it to them. But right now, yeah, so go ahead. As you guys get it, I want you to get up and just go ahead and give them the money. I, I know this is an impromptu. This is something that we're really passionate about here, the POWs, the, the poor, the orphan, the widow, the single moms, the sex traffic workers. You could even put a little traveling music on if you want. We're just going to take a moment here. <laughs> and you can just bless them. Just bless them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What you spoke is now on 
Take our time. Alright, now there's there's a there's the single single moms who are standing. I want you to stand up again. I know some are still standing, some aren't. I want you to stand up again. And now uh, I know people are still giving giving resources. I want you guys to gather around them right now. We're gonna lay hands. We're just going to lay hands on them and bless them. <laughs> and I want you to really just, just pray for them. I just want you to pray for their family. I want, you know, this is one where these are powerful women that it actually says that, that the Lord Jesus <laughs> is with them. The scripture talks about in Isaiah and in Hosea about the Lord is their husband. <laughs> about how good God is to their children. That their children are going to have a full life. Yeah, I just want you to bless them. Just as you get prophetic words over them, just go ahead and just release that over them. That you carry a breakthrough, that you're a breaker in the spirit realm, that you are strong and mighty. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Cool, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just one or two people, make sure you're praying out over her right now. Thank you, Lord. And as you pray, I'm just going to read Hosea 2, 15. It says that in the, in the valley of trouble, I will create a gateway of hope. That in the valley of trouble, a doorway of hope is released. So we just release that over you. That in the valley of trouble, that the Lord establishes a gateway of hope over your lives, over your children's lives, over your family's lives. Ooh, shababa, Thank you, Jesus. We just declare that this is going to be your best year ever. This is going to be the best year yet for you. We declare this is, the, this is going to be the best year ever. This is going to be the year of promises fulfilled, of dreams restored. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Love you, Jesus. If you have any other words for her, just go ahead and just release them. Otherwise, just give her a big hug right now. <laughs> we could end. We could end service right now. Yay, God. Thank you, Jesus. We could literally just go home right now in the power of the Spirit. And I want to do that after I talk. No.
I mean, uh, you know, the scripture says, Jesus said, this is one of those, those verses that I've had people come up to me and ask me if it's even in the Bible, because it's sort of one of those things that it's like a saying, you know, that it's better to give than it is to receive. I've had people come up to me and ask me, like, is that in the Bible? I'm like, oh, yeah, totally, you know? And they're like, oh, I thought that was just like a saying. I was like, well, it is, but it's also in the Bible. I mean, it's a good, it's a good word. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I have, you know, it's so easy for us to, to sort of get lost in receiving, even in the church. Like, we kind of get in receiving mode, which is good. Like, we, you know, it's, we, we kind of get in, like, the airplane mode, you know. It's like, I need to put my oxygen mask on before I can help someone else, you know. And, and spiritually, that's, a, that's, that's, that's right. That's, that, that's, that's a good thing. But I tell you what, Jesus goes on and says, you know, basically, if you like, if you like receiving, you're going to love giving, you know, and, and, and especially around this time of year, it's really easy to, to, to kind of get into receiving mode and all things, but man, receiving isn't nearly as good as giving. It's just not nearly as good as giving. Whether it's money or resources, or whether it's your time and attention, you know, I had someone come up to me last week who, uh, this person, uh, well, they're not here, but this person was at CSSM graduation. And uh, we had graduation last week at, at, at our Pickerington campus on Sunday night. And, uh, and this was a CSSM student. And I walk out into the lobby, and she's there, like, doing, like, like work, like homework, sitting in the chair in the lobby, like, like schoolwork. She's in, she's in university. And so I, I walk up to her. I was like, oh, what are you doing? You know? And she goes, oh, I got this paper. It's, it's supposed to be 26 pages long, and the, the deadline got moved up, and, and I'm like five pages in. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So I was like, oh, well, hey, why don't you, why don't, why, how about I take you back to, do you want to just go back to like a quieter place so you can actually work? And she started crying. She came up to me later just bawling you know, because she thought I was going to come up and be like, why are you doing work when you should be at CSSM? You know, that it's even giving, giving kindness to someone can change someone's life. And, and how many of you know, I mean, when you give kindness and you're hosting the Holy Spirit, like anything can happen. Now, if you're just going to give kindness and not host Holy Spirit, I don't know why you're at church. Like, I don't know why you're in the room. You know, like, like the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is attracted to givers. I mean, he's, he's just looking to get out. So, so if you have a heart to, to give Whatever that would look like, he'll ride on what you're doing. Does that make sense? I mean, the church, the early church, you know, the early church, they had one thing that they wanted. They had one thing that they wanted, his presence. They were gathering together for his presence. They were gathering together to know him. They were gathering together to have encounter. They were gathering together because they were consumed by the one that they said yes to. They were gathering together because there was a fire that they heard of and a fire that they felt, and they wanted more of the fire. How many of you are in that place or have been in that place in your life? You know, it's like when we gather together as a church, that is our goal. I mean, we're gathering together because we want more of the fire. We want more of his flame. We want more of his presence. And I think that sometimes we lose sight of Holy Spirit, of, of the Lord, of his presence and, and power and spirit. And because we kind of come in like wanting to get zapped that week. But does that make sense? And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like you have to have a heart to give it away in order to freely receive so that you can freely give. You know, Jesus says in Matthew 10, 8, you know, cast out the lepers, heal the sick, 
Four eighty. Cleanse the lepers, not cast out the lepers. <laughs> Cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. <laughs> we don't want to cast the lepers out. And then he says, freely, freely, uh, you freely receive, not freely give. Well, right before that, this is when he's sending out the 12 in Matthew 10. And right before that, he says, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is out hand. So, Cleanse the leper. Cast out demons. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. So do this. So give away this. Then when he says the kingdom of God is at hand, he's giving the kingdom to you. Like that moment that he, he says that, he actually releases it over our lives. He was releasing it over the disciples, saying the kingdom of God is at hand right now. So there's a response, there's a giving nature that has to accompany a receiving heart. So I want to talk briefly this morning about uh, keys to hosting the presence, keys to hosting his presence. And I spoke, how many of you were here when I spoke a number of weeks ago um, about hosting the presence, about the, the, the illustration of you are the house and Jesus has moved in? You guys remember you are the house and Jesus has moved in. And I want to talk about that further. So what are some of the keys to hosting, to hosting the presence? All right, the first one, I have seven keys that we're going to talk through. Uh, some of them we're going to go through quick. All right, and some of them uh, maybe we'll camp on. So for you note takers, we got some notes for you. The first one is pay attention to what you do that brings God's presence. Pay attention to what you do where you begin to encounter God's presence where you begin to, 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 to bring God's presence in, into an environment, into a room. Some of you, you know, you can really relate to like anointed worship, right? That's just like how you enter in. And other people, it's like, you know, I have accountant friends. They just want to like see numbers and they just start praising God. They're like, oh, it's so good. My, you know, some, some people enter in by as simple as washing dishes. They start to just enter into the presence of the Lord. Some people enter into the presence of the Lord by walking a room and just beginning to pray until they have nothing left to pray, and then they find that that's when they actually start to pray. How many of you have been there? You know, you, 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 all of your great prayers last for like five to seven minutes, and then you have nothing to say, and that's when you actually begin to pray. That's when you begin to actually pray what, what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit. Am I jumping into the deep end too quick? Are you guys good? Okay. So, so pay attention to those things. Pay attention to what you do to, to your life because here's why you have to pay attention because you want to you be able to enter in to those wells that you've dug, those wells that you, that, that, that you can step into, but you also need to be aware when he's changing it. That, 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 worship, that vineyard worship song from 1998 might not have the presence on it right now for you. Some of you are like so offended. You're like, get away from my, my worship songs. And we need to pay attention to the way that God is speaking to us. We need to pay attention to the way that, that we're recognizing his presence. You know, I, I'll often walk into a room, this happened, you know, this happened like three or four times this week, where I woke up and I walked around and I like had this encounter with the Lord because I, I, I just, I was paying attention to, oh, I, I sense your presence right here. So I would just stop where I was, like in my house. I stopped where I was in a store. I stopped where I was like in my car, you know, and, and just, and just, just gave him my attention for a moment. Did I get all these downloads? No, but one, one of them I actually did. 
The other ones, I just want to stop and pay attention. I just want to stop and begin to see what he's doing, what he's saying. So pay attention to the way that you are encountering God. And once you find things that you're doing in your life that, that are bringing God's presence, that are moving you into his presence in that season of your life, keep doing it. Like, keep doing it. Because why? Because the more you do it, the more you're going to be aware of his presence and what he's like so you can recognize him when he's not doing that. You'll recognize him over here. Amen? So keep doing it. The, the next one... Practice recognizing his scent. It kind of leads into this. So it's just that idea that we, we pay attention to the things that are going on in our lives that are bringing his presence in. And then we want to practice recognizing him apart from that. We want to practice recognizing what he's doing apart from that. You know, Jesus in, in John 5.19 says that I only do what I see the Father doing. He says that I can do nothing of myself. How many of you found out you are terrible at your life without Jesus? You're not partially good at it. You're really bad. That Jesus says, I can do nothing that the Father is not doing, that I can only do what I see the Father doing. And apart from him, I can do no thing. So we want to pay attention to his scent. We want to pay attention to that aroma of Christ that we see in, in a room, in an environment, in, in a person. How many of you here that have, have been maybe, maybe in, a, in a mall or maybe at a store and been walking around and all of a sudden you had like, like a God moment where like you just became aware of his presence in a moment or maybe someone walked by and they really grabbed your attention and you're like, why? I don't know that person. What's going on there? How many of you have been in that situation? Those are those, those moments where you're, you're picking up his trail. You're picking up his scent. I have news for you. God is doing things throughout the world. And we need to get outside of our world to engage what he's doing outside of it. So we want to practice following his scent, recognizing those moments. Are you guys good? We're on, we're on three of seven. We're rounding. Are you guys good? All right. You want to prioritize your life. The most important priorities of your life will get your time, your calendar, and your resources. So you want to prioritize your life. So I can tell, and you can tell this about me, I can look at your checkbook and your calendar and tell you what you're prioritizing in your life. It's just true. How do we host the presence? We want to prioritize what he's doing in life. So that means this. That means, you know, where am I spending my money and why? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, a lot, of, a lot of Christians, if you look at their checkbook and you look at someone who doesn't know Jesus, it looks exactly the same. That we can know what we're prioritizing through our time, our energy, and our resources. Where are we spending our time? Who are we investing in? What are we investing in with our time? Hosting his presence, I mean, you know, that's one of those things where, um, you know, if you keep his presence a priority of your life, your life might look like a mess to someone else. Not in the fact that it's, it's, it's disorganized, in the fact that, uh, you know, I was planning to go this direction, but halfway through, God course-corrected me, and I'm over here today. Does that make sense? You know, I, I, was, I was planning on just going out and watching a movie with a friend of mine, but man, in the, in the lobby getting popcorn, I just really felt the Lord wanted to give a word to this person in front of me, and does this make sense? And, and now I'm 10 minutes late for the movie. Someone from the outside would be like, man, you're, you're like a hot mess today, you know? 
you know, and you're like, no, this has been an amazing day because I'm following the presence of the Lord. I'm prioritizing my schedule around the presence of the Lord. Like some of, some of us, like, you know, you, some of us in the room just need to be aware that God might call you to like an entire day of just being with him. I mean, just to be with him, not to do all this stuff, just to be with him. But if that's not on your calendar, it'll probably never happen. Unless we're prioritizing his presence. And his presence might say, you know what? I don't want you to go watch that movie. Instead, I want you to go and do this. Or I want you to come and and just soak on the ground with me. I want you to come and just lay down and let me put worship music on. I want you to come and just spend a little bit of time reading the Bible just to encounter me, the author. I want you to spend, I'm not trying to get you, see, like, if you hear this through the lenses of religion, you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that, been there, done that. But if you hear it through the lenses of relationship, oh, then, yeah, what do we want to do today, God? Does this make sense? Number five, participate. So this is where you want to participate. Okay, so desire and action is key to walking in the miraculous, Desire and action is key to walking in the miraculous. You know, Peter got out of the boat because he wanted to. He was, there was an adventurous thing inside of him that he wanted to participate with what God was doing, what he saw God doing, even though God didn't say, Peter, you should just come out and join me right now. I'm walking by. Peter saw him and just started to get out. That there's this participation factor, this participation participation element that is required to host his presence. That, that, that as much as we talk about soaking, and Ahab, uh, Pastor Ahab came into CSSM a few weeks ago, and he talked about sloking, which is falling asleep while you're soaking. And so you all have permission to do that, because it's legal now. And he's like, oh, I love sloking. I'm like, what are you, and we're driving him, like, what does that mean? And he's like, he's like oh, have you, ever, have you ever been in the presence and God just puts you to sleep? I was like, yeah, and he's like, it's sloking. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and sloking is important. Sloking might be what God prioritizes for you to, to do, but then there comes that participation. And I tell you what, man, the, the, the world right now is lacking Christians participating with what God is doing. It's not lacking people in church. I mean, there's a lot of people going to churches around the world. But how many people are being the church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Are being the are participating are participating with him. It's one of the keys to hosting to hosting his presence. And you know that's where we get testimonies from. That's where we begin to to recognize and see and, and experience and celebrate some testimonies that God is doing. And so I'm going to have Ryan Rhodes, uh, our young adult pastor, come on up here, and I'm going to have Ryan uh, share two testimonies that have been really marking this season of uh, the community that. That, that he's a part of and, and uh, some, some people that, that have experienced it. So, so Ryan, go ahead, share a couple testimonies with us. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so uh, one of the testimonies, um, it's, I'm going to include one, one person with several testimonies, but it's a testimony because it's one person. Um, so she's, she's been really getting radically touched by God, and it's been cool. She actually is moving to Columbus to be a part of everything here. Um, when she was at Todd Bentley, uh, the cool thing about these, these testimonies is God just kind of doing stuff regardless of how we're targeting our prayers. I think a lot of times we're like, we got to pray exactly this way to get God to do this. And if I, you know, Todd would pray for something and somebody come back up and want prayer again because like, well, you didn't pray for this. Like, God just takes care of it. 
So she, when he went around and prayed for people, um, her jaw and tooth, uh, I think she had a cavity or something, got healed. Um, but she went down and went into visions, and she got really activated in the prophetic. But this is really cool. So she has a, a friend that she brought from the Carolinas. Um, her friend was going through, basically her marriage was falling apart. Her, uh, her, one of her kids was going through severe anxiety, um, a nine, I think a nine-year-old child going through crazy anxiety, um, and her life was just falling apart. So she told her friend, hey, get here and like, come spend a week with me, and we'll pray, and God will do something. So her friend comes. Uh, she brings her to fire to one of our uh, furnaces. This is the thing we do in houses, and a bunch of the women prayed for this girl. So then this girl calls her and says and tells her what happened, and this is just amazing. So they just prayed and prophesied over her. She said that her... Uh, she gets back, her child is no longer dealing with anxiety at all. Um, she said it was the most important night of her life, was that night being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said that even her husband, who wasn't a believer, is like now seeking God and asking her questions and can we pray together, um, which is just incredible. Um, oh, can I, can I share the one? With yeah. Me? Okay. Um, this one's really cool. So this one happened. I, I teach a class over at Potter's House uh, for their school of ministry, a weekly class. And one of my students um, is actually somebody I've known for years because he worked with my mom uh, years ago. And he has been trying to minister to a friend of his for, I think, 20 years, something along those lines. Um, who's, and this guy's just very hard, uh, very hardened guy, doesn't, doesn't show a whole lot of emotion uh, and wasn't receptive to the gospel at all. So this guy had to have a surgery. And in the surgery, he went into what he called hallucinations. And it was a, some sort of brain surgery. And so in the hallucinations, a man came to him who was, he said, uh, it was as if he was in a spotlight, but there was no spotlight. He just glowed, like he didn't need a spotlight. Mm-hmm. And the man sat with him for hours and just sat and just talked and told him everything about himself. And then he told this man everything about himself. And he, he tells he tells. This guy from my class, he says, I know that this man is the Jesus you've talked about. Um, and he's like, and I don't think that was a hallucination. And he's like, I want you to tell me that it's not a hallucination. Come on. Um, and so this guy is now saved. He, he cries all Come the time. Come on. He's super soft. <laughs> but, um, it's just amazing. Okay, I just want to recap that in case you guys didn't miss that. Jesus appeared to him while he was having surgery told him about himself, and the man woke up and said, I want to know that person who was talking to me. I mean, come on, Jesus. Yeah. And on top of that, he's had a miraculous recovery. He's recovering super fast. Come on. um, Which doesn't make sense. Um, And then uh, we had another kid. I'll just share this real quick. Another kid, he got... Oh, yeah, with the other girl, the girl who came from the Carolinas, she's now, like, crazy activating the prophetic, and she called her friend and started prophesying her super on point, and just God's just crazy active in her life now. Um, so another kid, he, got, he came up to get prayer. We didn't know what we were even praying for. He falls out. Um, so while he's down, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, goes in this crazy encounter. This is somebody who doesn't, you know, hasn't experienced a lot of this stuff, had, had this amazing vision, I won't get into all that. He gets up, he speaks in tongues, but he also got healed of a three-year injury in his shoulder. Come on. Um, but then the last one is one that Sean wanted me to share. Um, we've been having oil appear on people uh, pretty frequently, 
And, but we had somebody who they got prayer and they went down, they're laying on their face on the floor. And when they got up, they had oil from here up to right above their eyes, like right at their ear level, just oil. And we, we yeah, we got to feel it. Like their, their hair was oily, um, covered this oily substance. It was just one of those weird signs. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. There's nothing on the floor. The ground wasn't wet. It was just, it was on them from here to here. Um, so it was pretty cool. Let's do the knees. Hmm? Let's do the knees. Okay. You want to just go after praying? Yeah. Okay. I had a dream last night um, about service today, and in it, um, one of the we gave a word of knowledge for knees. Um, so I just felt like I wanted to heal knees today. Does anybody have like knee issues? If you can stand, stand. <laughs> um, or you might just be healed. So stand in Jesus' name. Um, Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so let's just gather around them real quick. In the dream, people, it was quick. People were just getting touched. I just really felt like God wanted to touch that today. Yeah. Yeah, so. Thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and command the knees to be healed. Yeah, so Jesus, we thank you for your healing. We thank you for the word of knowledge. In Jesus' name, we command all knees to be healed. Any damaged tissue to be restored. All pain, get out now. Thank in you, Jesus' Lord. name. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus, the part of your blood that was spilled for this knee, we apply it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Start moving around. Check it out. And while they're doing that, there was one other. I just want to share this because I, this was in the dream and this was kind of bizarre. And the other word of knowledge that was in the dream was somebody who had, had gotten a tattoo And a part of their life that it was like, it was actually a mistake or it's like a marking a season for them that was really dark. And I actually saw, I saw the Holy Spirit removing it. Um, So if if that's you, just receive that. Uh, Is that anyone in here? Does that make sense? Okay, awesome. Let's, yeah. Can some people lay hands on them real quick? This is service, by the way, guys. (laughs) This is what we're doing today. So let's just, let's just move with Holy Spirit right now. Awesome. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just we thank you for that word of knowledge yeah. too. So every marker from a past season, we just command to burn away now in Jesus' name. Thank you. It has Lord. to go. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. Just let your grace and your mercy just wash over them. In Jesus' name. How are the knees doing? You can keep praying. How are the knees doing? Anyone getting breakthrough? Who's getting breakthrough? Amen. I see you back there. Come awesome. on, Jesus. You, okay, if you didn't get breakthrough, I want you to put your hand on your own knee right now. How many of you know these things are loaded if Holy Spirit's in you? How many of you know Holy Spirit is in you? All right. So I want you to just put your hand on your knee. For those of you who have the knee thing, I want you right now just to, just to put your hand there. Command it in the name of Jesus. All pain go, discomfort go, mobility be restored. In Jesus' name, just keep holding your hands there. You know, there, just keep holding your hands there for a few moments here, for a few minutes. You know, there was a story, uh, one, of my, one of my heroes, uh, John Wimber, the, the leader of the Vineyard Movement in the early 80s and 90s, you know, when he was first moving in power, he would, he would speak and teach out of just Luke, and uh, Holy Spirit would break out, and people were getting healed and saved and delivered, and, and he would go home, and uh, his wife was totally against it. And his wife, his wife was like, you, this is demonic, you know, and, and th- these are false signs and wonders. Keep holding your hands on your knees. And uh, th- these are false signs and wonders. And so one night, uh, 
he came home and he was, he was like, he was like, oh, this happened, you know, all this stuff broke out and he's telling her all these testimonies that occurred. And well, she had really bad shoulder pain and wasn't telling him. And so while she was, while they were asleep at night, her pain was so bad, like it was keeping her up, it was keeping her awake. And so, so she gets John's hand and puts it on her shoulder and says, God, if this is real, then you can heal me. Puts, her, puts his hand on her shoulder. She gets totally healed, cries throughout the night because of what happened. And the next morning, Wimber wakes up and he goes, he goes, Chris, my hands are so hot. What happened? Like, it's so weird. Am I okay? And, she, she, and then she, she, in tears, repenting to him for discouraging him about going after the healing ministry. So just keep your hands, keep your hands on your knees. Keep your hands on your knees. I want to check with you guys after service. How many of you are going to be around family who don't know the Lord over the next, next one to two weeks? Usually this is a lot of people. Okay, so this is your assignment is for you. Your assignment is to not get them saved. You're not going to save anyone. It's not your assignment. Your assignment is to get your eyes back on Jesus. Your assignment is to keep your eyes on the Lord, to keep your eyes on Jesus. Did you know that the person you influence the most, you don't even know how much you're influencing them? The person that influences you the most, they probably don't realize how much they're influencing you, right? You know, when you get your eyes on Jesus, when you behold him, you become him. When you behold him, you become like him. When you become like him, it actually says that all men will be drawn to him if he is lifted up. Your job is to not get them saved. Your job is to show them Jesus, your job, but in order to do that, you got to get your eyes on Jesus in heavenly places. And this is like the time of year. I'm going to go to the handheld here. This is the time. That, that you know, it's really easy to get your eyes kind of on the, on the ground, on the world, on family. On, does this make sense? Because this is something you do year in and year out. And so it's like, you, you, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you get your eyes off of heavenly places by accident. I don't think anyone here is like, yeah, I'm going to go, let's go gargle dirt in the spirit and feel good, you know? It's like everyone here, you're probably unintentionally being lured into this environment where, where it's like the old you and the old stuff and all that. Does this make sense? And you just, listen, your assignment is just to get your eyes on Jesus. It's just to get your eyes on Jesus. All right, now those check out your knees. Put your, with your knees in your hands, go ahead and check it out. Move around a little bit. If you're getting breakthrough from that, just put your hand in the air. We want to celebrate it with you guys. You know, but, but amen, amen, amen. I see you guys. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Come on, Jesus. All right, you guys ready for our final two? You guys okay? Okay. Put off everything else until his presence is tangible. So that point six is, is put, or point five is put off. Put off everything until it is tangible. So that, that means this. That there, are, there are men and women of God who have stayed in a room for 30 days until the presence of God came. There are people who started revivals that God used them to release his presence in a revival just because they refused to get out of the, 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 the secret place. They just put off everything else but his presence. Like, there are times in our life where, like, if you want breakthrough, put off everything else until the breakthrough comes. 
I mean, sometimes we want, we want someone to come and lay hands on us or to like give us the word of breakthrough when really the breakthrough is your, it might be resting in your obedience just to be with him. And I don't know about you, but man, you know, you get one word from heaven, from the Lord to you, that thing will carry you through for years. That thing will be a breaker in your life over every obstacle. But so often what happens is when we go to this secret place, you know, we don't put everything off until his presence comes. We go until it's like inconvenient for us. And like, like, listen, like I'm growing in this too. This is not condemnation. This is like, you know what? Maybe there's something else in there that we should stay for. Does that make sense? That, that when we're in that secret place, put off everything else until his presence comes. You know, Bill Johnson has an amazing way to describe this. He goes, he goes I know if someone went to the secret place or not, is when you go into the secret place, do you come out changed or do you come out the same? If you're coming out the same, you didn't go to the secret place or you, need to spend, you, you, you came out too soon. The bun was not cooked in the oven. You need to go back in. That put off everything else sometimes, that just might look like canceling your pl- plans with your friends. That might look like, you know what, I just need, I need a breakthrough. So, you know what, I'm going to wake up at those nudges at 4 a.m. that I normally don't wake up to. Yeah, I'm talking to you. How many of you, the Lord will wake you up sometimes in seasons, like really early? And, you know, and you're like, get behind me, devil, and you find out he does not like you calling him the devil. That there are nudges there are nudges that take place in our spirits that God, like, it's, you know, I, I've had, I've had a, a couple of really marking times in my life that completely changed my life. And one of, a few of them were, real, were very um, big and bold and um, uh, very out loud and big testimonies, things like that. But there's a couple, there was one in particular that was so small, like, I could have missed it. Like, it was so, so, it, it was this whisper of the Lord that I could have missed. When you, when, when you put off everything else, you, we begin to sensitize ourselves to what he is saying, to what he is doing. And that might look like just being in a room until you get breakthrough for that loved one or breakthrough for that relative. I know people that have stayed in hospital rooms contending for healing for someone else for 10 days without, without food, just fasting for 10 days for their friend's breakthrough. And their friend got healed. There are times we need to put off everything else in our life to prioritize and, and to, to host his presence. I skipped four. I'll just say it real quick. is purify your lenses. This means we need to purify our lenses oftentimes through the word. Ephesians 5.26 says that uh, the word has a cleansing effect on our hearts and our minds and our whole being. That There are times, man, you just need to get in the word. And I know some people like the word and reading scripture is not like your, your, the thing you run to. Some people might run to worship or music or like a seer or a prophet first. The word is something that if you're not, if that's not the first thing you run to, I just want to encourage you that you're sowing into your future with every word that you're reading. Like you're sowing into your future by doing this now. It's almost like the whole eating your vegetables thing. You know, you're sowing into your future by what you're taking in that moment, even though you might not feel like it. How many of you have, have gone like, let's just say a couple days without being in scripture and you find it really hard to enter back in for some reason? Yeah. So what happens is there are days we need to make sure that we're getting in there. 
You're just getting in there. Who cares why or what? You're sowing into your future. God's going to pull that word out of you in your future. You know that, right? That every word from God doesn't return to him void. So we often need to purify our lenses because, uh, you know, the things that you're taking in, the things that are occurring in your life, like life, the trials can come. In order for us to, to, to carry his presence, we need to make sure that our lenses are pure and we get cleansed through the word. Okay, and the very last one, you guys ready? This is the last one. This is one of those preacher things where it's like seven, you know, section four, you know. The last one is pursue. The last one is pursue. Pursue being consumed. As we talked before, what it says in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes from hearing. That you need to pursue testimonies. You need to pursue stories. You need to pursue, when someone has a testimony from the Lord, like get around them. Like hear about it. Let your faith go to a different level. You need to pursue his presence. You need to pursue the things that God is, is up to in the world. You know, there are things that other churches are doing that wouldn't be considered a charismatic church that I hear other charismatic churches like bashing. It's just like, why, like, it blows my mind why the church wonders why it's not, it's not unified. Who cares if a Baptist, if a Baptist church is getting breakthrough, come on, like, celebrate that thing. Like, if, you're, if your friend who goes to an evangelical church is seeing people saved in, in, in their church services, celebrate that thing. Like, celebrate, like, pursue, like, the thing that God is putting in front of you, pursue it, celebrate it, get it on your inner man, your inner spirit, so that you can carry that thing. We want to pursue the secret place. Pursuing the secret place is, you know, all these things here, again, if you hear me through, say these things through the lenses of religion, you're going to get really busy and not be changed. But if it's through the lenses of hosting a person, then you can step into something powerful. So we want, to, we want to pursue being consumed. That's where, you know, you might not be relatable to the world anymore. <laughs> like, you might not be that relatable. You might not be that relevant to the world if you're pursuing with all of your heart, putting off everything for his presence. Well, well, well Pastor, aren't we called to, to, to love the world? Yeah, but you're not called to be a thing like it. Jesus actually said, the Apostle Paul would say that like you're actually, he, he equates it to you are a foreigner from a far off land. That you're of a different realm. That you actually have a citizenship not of this world. So we pursue the things of God. And that might, that might not make you very relevant to know like every movie that's going on and everything happening in the world and every, every pop culture reference, you know? Does this make sense? Because I feel like there are some where we just need to be okay with that, with that detachment in order to step into pursuing. So there's probably one of the two of these things on here maybe stick out to you the most, and I just encourage you just to, to pray about it and see what God would have you to, to step into. So, all right, well, who else? So who got, who got breakthrough with knees? Just raise your hands again if you did. Come on, Jesus. Look around the room. Just wave your hands in there. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, just put your hand on your heart right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, that hosting you God is not a to-do list. It's not a task, God. Lord, hosting you is, is a great privilege and honor of our lives. 
And Holy Spirit, I pray this week, Lord, even today, that you begin to just make yourself more known and more real. God, that you would just tune in our senses. The Hebrew says, God, that you, you, would, you would sensitize our senses, our five senses, to your presence, God. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for seers, and I thank you, Lord, for feelers, and I thank you, God, for prophets, and I thank you, God, for teachers, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just say, would you just come and sensitize our hearts to another level, God, of your presence, Lord. God, I thank you that this week that there are assignments called people in front of us, and that, Lord, would you just lock and align our hearts with your assignments, God, with those people that grab our attention, Lord. Would you just, uh, Lord, just make it clear, but Holy Spirit, I just release boldness in the room to step in to that invitation, Lord, to step in to that encounter. How many of you found that, man, giving a prophetic word to someone that changes their lives changes you? <laughs> so, Lord, I just, I just released a prophetic over this people, God, that there's just such prophetic stirring inside of them, Lord, that they are just going to be givers, God, that they're such good receivers, Lord, that they're going to be an amazing, amazing group of givers this week, God. So, Father, thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you today, God. We worship you today, Lord. In Jesus' name. We're going to have our, our, uh, our ministry teams come forward. They're going to be the ones with bat and, uh, name tags and badges on. And if you've never gotten a prophetic word, or maybe it's been a long time since you've gotten a prophetic word, and especially if you're a guest and you're like, what is a prophetic word? What does that mean? You know, are they going to like see into my future? The answer is yes. No. The, you know, we, I would encourage you to come forward and let our teams pray for you. Um, the, prophetic, the prophetic words and prophecy is, is encouragement, is exhortation, is, is a strengthening through what God says and thinks about you. And uh, the good news is he has amazing and good things to say about you. So our team would love to just lay hands on you and prophesy over you. If you feel like you need a word for this season, let our teams come and prophesy over you. If you need healing in your bodies, if there's still more going on that you came in today looking for breakthrough and healing, let our teams come and pray for you guys and, and, uh, and, and, and see you well. So, All right, well, Pastor Jim will be here next week. So bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.